We now present you our March podcast of the Mountain Care Old Time Radio Hour. Join us on a journey to the golden age of radio on our time machine, back to the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. We are your hosts, Bob Jackson and Barb Williams, and we're joined today by our Mountain Care Drama Club. Once again, we bring you a baseball episode with Ken Burns talking baseball, our adaptation of Field of Dreams and baseball songs. Filmmaker Ken Burns sums up the game of baseball best in this following passage. It measures just nine inches in circumference, weighs only about five ounces, and is made of cork wound with woolen yarn covered with two layers of cowhide and stitched by hand precisely 216 times. It travels 60 feet 6 inches from the pitcher's mound to home, and it can cover that distance at nearly 100 miles an hour. Along the way, it can be made to twist, spin, curve, wobble, rise, or fall away. The bat is made of turned ash, less than 42 inches long, not more than 2 and 3 quarter inches in diameter. The batter has only a few thousandths of a second to decide to hit the ball. And yet the men who fail seven times out of ten are considered the game's greatest heroes. It is played everywhere. In parks and playgrounds and prison yards in back alleys and farmers' fields, by small boys and old men, raw amateurs and millionaire professionals. It is a leisurely game that demands blinding speed. The only game in which the defense has the ball. It follows the seasons, beginning each year with the fond expectancy of springtime and ending with the hard facts of autumn. Americans have played baseball for more than 200 years. While they conquered a continent, warred with one another and with enemies abroad, struggled over labor and civil rights and the meaning of freedom. At its heart lie mythic contradictions, a pastoral game born in crowded cities, an exhilarating democratic sport that tolerates cheating and has excluded as many as it has included, a profoundly conservative game that often manages to be years ahead of its time. It is an American odyssey that links sons and daughters to fathers and grandfathers. And it reflects a host of age-old American tensions between workers and owners, scandal and reform, the individual and the collective.
It is a haunted game in which every player is measured against the ghosts of all who have gone before. Most of all, it is about time and timelessness, speed and grace, failure and loss, imperishable hope, and coming home. W.P. Kinsella was born in Canada in 1935. He earned a master's in English through the Iowa Writers Workshop at the University of Iowa and shortly after published the short story, Shoeless Joe Jackson Comes to Iowa, where a baseball announcer's voice says, if you build it, he will come, and Shoeless Joe Jackson magically appears in his cornfield baseball diamond. A couple of years later, he expanded that short story into his first novel called Shoeless Joe. Hollywood then snatched up the story and turned it into the hit movie, Field of Dreams. He also wrote my favorite baseball book of all time, The Iowa Baseball Confederacy. Here is Mountain Care Drama Club's adaptation of Shoeless Joe Jackson Comes to Iowa. father said he saw him years later playing in a 10th rate commercial league in a textile town in Carolina wearing shoes and an assumed name. He would put on 50 pounds and the spring was gone from his step but he could still hit. No one has ever been able to hit like Shoeless Joe. On a spring evening when the sky was a robin's egg blue and the wind as soft as a day old chick Ray was out in his cornfield in eastern Iowa. A voice clearly said to him, If you build it, he will come. What? Who said that? The announcer repeated in a scratchy middle American voice, as if his voice had been recorded on an old 78 RPM record. If you build it, he will come. A three-hour lecture or a 500-page guidebook could not have given him clearer directions. Dimensions of ballparks and costs swirled around his head like the moths that dusted against the porch light above him. That was all the instructions Ray ever received. Two announcements and a vision of a baseball field. When he told his wife about his plan to build a baseball field in their cornfield, Annie, to his surprise, was all for it. I think you should do it. If it makes him happy, go for it. Okay, I'm going to the hardware store. I have a baseball field to build. What, what is the voice calls when you're gone? Well, just take a message. Hello, Joe. What do you know? We need a hit, so here I go. Ball one.
glow. He's just a man and not a freak. Jolton Joe DiMaggio. Joe, Joe DiMaggio, we want you and us. He tied the mark at 44, July the 1st, you know. Since then, he's hit a good 12 more. Jolton Joe DiMaggio. He, of course, was Shoeless Joe Jackson, the greatest left fielder of all time and Ray's father, Glenn's hero. Glenn was born in 1896 and never saw a professional baseball game until 1919 when he came back from World War I. He lived and died with the Chicago White Sox, died a little when, as prohibitive favorites, they lost the 1919 World Series to Cincinnati died a lot the next summer when eight members of the team were accused of throwing that World Series. Ray's father would say, He hit almost 400 against the Reds in the 1919 World Series and played errorless ball. He had 12 hits and they suspended him. He might have taken the gambler's money, but there's no way he threw the games. Hey, so how close did you come to making the pros? I played catcher for two Class B teams in Florida and California. If it wasn't for the war, I think I could have played for the Sox. I wasn't a great hitter, but was a better than average catcher. But so, so how did he get the nickname Shoeless Joe? When he was still in the minor leagues, he bought a new pair of spikes and they hurt his feet. About the sixth inning, he took them off and played the outfield just as Sox. The other players kidded him, called him Shoeless Joe, and the name stuck. field in the cornfield of their farm and they waited and waited and waited 
Ray came to Iowa to wrestle for the Hawkeyes of the University of Iowa. The only thing Ray and Annie had in common was that she was from Iowa and he had once heard of Iowa. Annie loved literature. She loved reading on the porch all summer long. Her favorites included Jane Eyre, To Kill a Mockingbird, The Great Gatsby, and she was currently reading The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. She read to Ray her favorite paragraph in the book. Anyway, I keep picturing all these little kids playing some game. In this big field of rye and all, thousands of little kids, and nobody's around, nobody big, I mean, except me, and I'm standing on the edge of some crazy cliff. What I have to do is have to catch everybody if they start to go over the cliff, I mean, if they're running out and if they don't look where they're going, I have to come out from somewhere and catch them. That's all I do all day. I just be the catcher and the rye and all. Oh, I love that passage. Now, Annie, if you could be anything in the world, what would you be? The coolest professor of the University of Iowa has ever seen. What would you be? Oh, a professional baseball fan. There's someone on your lawn. It's him. It's Shoeless Joe Jackson. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Moonlight butters the whole Iowa night. Clover and corn smells are thick as syrup. Then, as the lights flare, a scar against blue-black sky, he sees Shoeless Joe standing in left field. Ray wishes his father was here to be a part of this. Thank you. I hope you enjoy playing here. The game started and Ray watched every move Joe made. He was the only player that could be made out in full color. The rest of the players were mere outlines. Joe got a hit every time he came to the plate. During the seventh inning stretch, Joe reminded Ray that there were seven more suspended players and asked if they could come play. Ray said, of course. Joe stated that they only needed a catcher then to have a full team. Ray told him he knew of a great catcher that could join their team, and Joe smiled. This must be heaven! No, it's Iowa. Ray feels the night rubbing softly against his face like the cherry blossoms. He inhales the fresh-cut grass smell that seems to lock in the air like permanent incense and listens to the drone of the crowd. Below, Joe, Shoeless Joe Jackson tenses, watching the angle of the distant bat for a clue as to where the ball will be hit. I think you're right, Joe. Don't let anyone say it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're appealed. The first time you walk into Wrigley Field. Our heroes wear pinstripes and heroes in blue. Give us the chance to feel like heroes too. Forever we'll win and if we should lose, we know someday we'll go out of the way. Yeah, someday we'll go out of the way. 
got one with the cubs, with the cubs wearing love. Yeah, hold our head high as the underdogs. We are not fair weather, but foul weather fans. Like brothers in arms in the streets and the stands. It's magic in the ivy and the old scoreboard. It's the same when I stared at as a kid keeping score. In a world full of greed, I could never want more. Someday we'll go out of To the men and the legends we've known, teaching us faith and giving us hope. United we stand, united we'll fall. Down to our knees the day we win it all. I heard him say, "Oh, let's play too." I didn't mean two hundred years in the same ballpark, a diamond our jewel. Home of our joy and our tears, keeping traditions and wishes made new. A place where our grandfathers, fathers, they grew. Spiritual feeling if I ever knew. If you ain't been, I am sorry for you. When the day comes for that last winning run, and I'm crying and covered in beer. I look to the sky and know I was right to think someday we'll go out And that was our blast from the past. Thank you for joining us on a journey down memory lane. And as always, may your troubles be less, your blessings be more, and nothing but happiness come through your door. Join us next month on the Mountain Care Old Time Radio Hour. <laughs>